You are listening to The Beer Metal Show, a podcast all about craft beer and fucking metal. You will hear beer reviews with The Metal Connection, interviews with beer industry and metal musicians. Your host is Aaron, the beer metal dude Mendiola. Visit the homepage at beermetal.net. Now, raise your horns and beers. Cheers, motherfuckers. On with the show. Craft beer reviews with The Metal Connection. Accepting each beer in an open discussion Inebriating explicit memory as the day goes This is the Beer Metal Show Hails Beer Metal Diehards I am your host, Aaron the Beer Metal Dude Mandiola Welcome to episode number 22, entitled, Only, Only Beer, Beer Remains. tried to get this episode out in a timely fashion after the release of my previous episode. I really, 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 really want to have a set schedule, but you know, life happens and it never seems to work out for me. All right. Again, I am flying solo. The one man gang over here, giving you craft beer and metal for your enjoyment. Got some exciting news for this episode. This one has a sponsor. Coat throne records. 
from Conroe, Texas, was kind enough to send me two of their releases to play throughout this episode, so that made them my sponsor. I do have the owner, who is also named Aaron, on the phone, and we'll be asking him some questions throughout the show. What's up, Aaron? Hey, what's up? Beer Metal Podcast. Love the show. Thanks for taking part of the Beer Metal Show podcast, dude. Yeah, man. Our show today is entitled Only Beer Remains, and as usual... It is a play on words of a song title. This one comes from the song Only Pain Remains by Infuriate, which is one of the two bands you will hear today. I may play a bit longer clips than usual since these songs were actually provided for me to play to help promote the label, so be prepared for for that. Uh, Who knows? We'll see when I edit this shit together if I end up playing longer clips or not. (laughs) All right, Aaron, so what do you think of this song Only Pain Remains? Killer, yeah, 100%. Do you have a favorite song on the Infuriate album, or is it too hard to choose? I think that would be it. Yeah, yeah. Just well, leading over from the demo, and that's what I originally heard them from. It's like, fuck. That's very cool. The only thing for me, I, I was trying to get uh, Sterling and those guys to release the demo on tape just because of the raw sound production. It's kind of cleaned up on the CD or tape or whatever. Mm hmm. But I just, that rawness of that fucking demo. So I have a killer fucking lineup of beers today to drink, and I cannot wait to get to them. Wish I was able to share these with the co-host, but oh well, you'll have to just deal with me. Before we get down to the serious business of today's show, let's get into another killer tune by the Austin, Texas-based death metal beast known as Infuriate. Here is a nice, happy little number called Collective Suffering.
that's some serious, sick fucking shit right there. I will get into some history of this band in a while. For now, let's get back to talking to Aaron of Goat Throne Records. Perfect. All right, dude. So how long has Goat Throne Records been in existence? And what made you decide to start up a label? Uh, I started in August of 17. Uh, a guy I worked with found out he ran a label for like five years. and He made a living off that. That was mid-2000s, I guess. And yeah, I don't know. We started jamming. Got got a shed. He played guitar. I was playing drums and had a couple songs. It sounded like a cool thing to do. He had some old material from his old band that had the ex-singer of Gorgoroth on there, Pest. And it was like, oh, this could be an awesome first release. And that's how it started. Which album was that? Octagon, uh, Sigils of Ram. The reason why I'm asking is because, you know, in today's society, you know, everyone's online. And there's actually several ways for people to get music without actually purchasing it. So were you a little scared at all that the sales of the physical copies wouldn't move? Not really, man, because we started out so small and it was like this or that, you know, a couple hundred bucks, throw it on a cassette and see what happens. And it, it did OK. I myself, I like personal, like hard copies of shit. So I don't know. You know, there's there's a community out there, fucking tape communities like crazy. I think it's crazier now than it was a couple years ago, but and vinyl, of course, but that's a little more expensive. I do see a lot of new kids getting into the whole cassette and vinyl collecting, and of course, you know, CDs never went away. Yeah. So awesome. All right, motherfuckers. As I said, I have a great lineup of beers that I will be drinking and dissecting for you all today. First up will be Welcome to Hellas by Braindead Brewing Company from Dallas, Texas. Next up will be Lustrous Saison by Gigantic Brewing Company out of Portland, Oregon. Then it will be Grand Allowance, a Chardonnay barrel-aged wheat wine from Lakewood Brewing Company, another brewery out of Dallas, Texas. And the final beer for today's episode will be one that is really hard for me to pronounce. Cucurbitophobia. Cucurbitophobia, <laughs> I guess. It's a sour ale by Jolly Pumpkin Artisan Ales from Dexter, uh, Michigan. This one was a collaboration with Monkish Brewing Company from Torrance, California. All right, so I am looking at a 12.1%, an 8%, a 12.8%, and then finally a 6.1% to mellow out this fucking day. <laughs> fuck. I'm probably passing the fuck out as soon as I'm done recording. Well, Aaron... Can you please let us know what has been released by Goat Throne Records, uh, you know, at this point? Oh, uh, first is the Octagon. Uh, second was almost a year later. Then that's uh, how me and my partner kind of split up a little bit was uh, we got the Infuriate uh, tape going because Everlasting Spew had them locked down for the CD and coming out on vinyl finally. So got that relationship working with Everlasting Spew and worked out with Valgrind, who was also with Everlasting Spew in Italy, and did the tape for them. I did a split CD release for Shit Stormtrooper and Active Shooter, uh, some Houston power violence grind. That's where the split kind of came up is I didn't want to stay to one certain like you're just a black metal label. Or you're just this certain style of death metal label. I like all kinds of shit. 
And if I like it, I believe in it and I'll put it out. So after that, we have, um, I actually just got in two releases this week. Uh, Burial from Italy. Cool ass fucking Death Doom from Italy. And Molder from fucking Illinois. Some raw ass shit. Reminds me of like Cyanide. Got some cool shit coming up, man. Super stoked. Okay, let's get into another song by Infuriate before I get into the first beer of the episode. Here is another brutal fucking song. This one is called Slaughter for Salvation. guys it's first beer time here is welcome to hellas a mega hellas as brain dead brewing calls it this beer was made for their third anniversary which was in march of 2018 i believe i purchased this beer here locally in san antonio at alamo city liquors this mega hellas is a 12.1 percent hellas lager yes you heard that right 
This beer was supposed to be reviewed a few episodes back, but just kept getting pushed due to my indecisiveness when picking beers for uh, the episodes. Finally, I am drinking this fucking beast of a beer. All right, let's get into it. I really like the artwork on this bottle. It does remind me of a cartoon similar to maybe like Rick and Morty or something along those lines. Okay, so it features obviously hell and there is a lone man holding a beer pint about to present it to uh, the devil. The guy's wearing blue jeans, tennis shoes, white shirt, red jacket, glasses, holding the beer pint up and towards the other end of the label, toward the left side of the label, it's a close-up of Satan and we're looking like over his shoulder and he's looking towards the guy. So it is a big label, like the artwork goes all the way around. So I mean like the picture that I posted for this beer doesn't show the full thing. And I really wanted to get the name of the beer, the Welcome to Hellas. And that's mostly right above the, the man, not the devil. So you can't really see the devil in the picture, but trust me, it's there. And it's pretty badass. It's it's funny. You know, it's a, it's a nice looking label, of course, which is one of the main reasons why I bought this beer was because of the label. And of course, you know, I just like Braindead Brewing Company. All right. So the appearance of this. Now, I did pour this into a Braindead Brewing Company glass that I uh, got during one of their pint nights. So that's pretty cool. It's one of the like, you know, the English style pubs with the little lip on there. All right. So the beer's appearance, it's it's a little bit on the dark golden light orange color. It is semi-clear. Could be a little bit of the chill haze mostly on this one though. It was topped with a one inch white foamy head. Pretty basic looking uh, Hellas lager. All right. The aroma of this beer. So you get that lager-like smell to there, a little malty. I am also picking up a lot of orange in the aroma, some hay, like a little bit of a wheat-type smell. The strange thing is I am picking up a little bit of a banana aroma as well. But yes, the orange-like aroma is definitely uh, heavy in this, in, in this one. Also picking up a little bit of a lemon-like aroma as well. All right. So cheers, motherfuckers. Let's get down to the taste of this bad boy. Whoa, that is definitely strong. Very, very boozy. Could not pick up the booze in the in the aroma, but holy shit. This 12.1% Hellas Lager, what does they call it? The Mega Hellas? This is fucking potent. Now I am picking up a heavy caramel taste. So strong caramel, wheat, the hay, your typical lager flavors. Again, there's that presence of the banana, some lemon, and definitely oranges as well. And as I said, a very strong boozy presence. Very candy-like, really strong in the like kind of sugar, like rock candy. That 12.1's really kicking in. All right. So the uh, body on this guy, it's a pretty heavy beer actually. It's a little bit on the slick side, so it's pretty smooth going down. But with the heaviness, it just feels just like so syrupy, like when you're drinking this beer. Definitely nothing wrong with that, though, because, I mean, obviously it's a 12.1 mega Hellas. So the thick body just kind of complements what they were going for in the uh, flavor profile of this beer. Definitely worth a uh, anniversary beer. Moderate carbonation, not too, um, not too fizzy on this beer. I'm really digging this, though. But um, this is one of those type of beers where I don't think I could drink a whole lot of them at one time. This is definitely a one-and-done 
beer for me. It's a really, really heavy and very, very boozy. Boy, that aftertaste, though, every time I breathe out, it's just like a caramelized orange is really what I'm getting. Combination of both of those with the smooth mouthfeel and smooth finish as well. It does leave that mouth coating feeling after each sip of this beer. Totally fucking digging it, man. Totally fucking digging this shit. All right, so my overall rating, this one's going to get a four out of five. Very, very top-notch beer. Don't know if there's any more out there, but of course, you know, it's uh, this was from their third anniversary party, which, like I said, which was, what, March of 2018. So, I mean, the bottle might be a little old, but the booziness of this, I mean, it's, it's going to stay relevant on this one. I don't know if they brew this again to put it on tap at the brewery. I haven't really paid attention to that, but I know that, you know, some of the bottles might still be out there. But hell yeah, man. So welcome to fucking Hellas by Brain Dead Brewing Company. Four out of five. Way to fucking go on this beer, guys. It's awesome. All right, motherfuckers, you know what time it is. All right, the metal connection for this beer was actually pretty fucking simple. I knew right away that I would use this fucking classic song. Can you all guess what I'm going to play? Think about it. Welcome to Hellas. Pretty fucking obvious. That's right. Welcome to Hell by the legendary band Venom. If you are into extreme metal, then I really don't need to introduce this band. But I know there are some out there who, for some fucking reason, I've never heard of Venom. So I'll give you a little brief history. Venom is from the UK and began their career back around 1979. They are well known as being one of the forefathers to the extreme metal genre, having early hints of speed, black, and thrash metal elements within their music. Of course, their imagery and lyrics are mostly all evil, all satanic. The classic and most well-known lineup consisted of drummer Abaddon, guitarist Mantis, and bassist vocalist Kronos, and they spent most of their time together throughout their career of this band. As a whole, as I said, they began in 1979 and lasted until around 1992, then reformed in 1995, and that lasted till 2002, then reformed again in 2005, and are still active today, with Kronos being the only original member of the group. Mantis and Abaddon would get together under the moniker Venom Inc., along with bassist, vocalist, Demolition Man, who was an ex-member of Venom as well. He played bass and vocals in Venom from 1989 to 1992, when uh, Kronos exited the band for a short time. So yes, right now there is a Venom and a Venom Inc., performing live and writing music and all that shit. So I went back to the 1981 debut full-length album and chose the title track for this metal connection. Welcome to Hell. It is so perfect and fitting for this beer called Welcome to Hellas. I mean, duh. This album features the famous three-piece lineup I mentioned earlier. Such a fucking classic song. Welcome to Hell, motherfuckers.
Here is the last song I will preview for you from Infuriate. This is Cannibalistic Gluttony. Okay, so Infuriate is a band based out of Austin, Texas. This is what I call a TXDM supergroup. The founding members are Sterling Junkin on drums and Steve Watkins on guitar. Sterling is known for his work with other bands like Id, Widower, along with doing some work with Aya Soltek and some others. Steve Watkins is a TXDM veteran and has been part of some of the scene's most sickest fucking bands, like Images of Violence, Infernal Dominion, Malthusia, Sarcolytic, Sect of Execration, and his other active band, Serpentian. So Aaron, what do you think of all that? 
it's fucking everything lumped into one, dude. Listen, listen to all that stuff, and it's I don't know. It's like super group, basically. Yeah, that's the way I looked at it too. When I saw Infuriate's lineup, I was like, man, this is kind of like a little super group here. It's pretty, uh, pretty fucking intense. I agree. All right, I am going to move on to beer number two right now, ladies and gentlemen. Let me introduce you to Lustrous, a Belgian saison farmhouse ale by Gigantic Brewing Company from Portland, Oregon. A few years ago, Gigantic was one of those breweries that the local beer traders were getting down here, but that was about it until they finally signed with a distributor for these parts, which was cool because I loved their, their bottles. So lately, we've been getting their unique beers with their awesome labels that are gracing our fucking stores and, and our tap rooms here in San Antonio, which is kind of fucking cool. So I'm very, very fucking thankful for that. I have really enjoyed a lot of their offerings so far that I've had from Gigantic. The Saison Farmhouse Ale beer style is actually one of my fucking favorites. So I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what this one's going to do. All right. So first of all, let's talk about the bottle. So it is a 22 ounce bomber bottle. And I love the label again by these guys. Uh, One thing I've always liked about them is every beer. It's like this one says beer number 46. And it's got a uh, different artist on it than than usual like every i think pretty much every bottle that they do they get a different artist and they kind of like label them like comic books in a way like this is issue number 46 for uh gigantic brewing company lustrous you know whatever so it's a uh, pretty fucking cool yeah actually here on the label it says uh number 46 in the endless series of limited edition artist and artisan beers artwork by tara mcpherson collect them all So it's like they're collectibles. All right, so let's get into the label. One thing about this one is it looks like um, uh, Lilu Dallas, you know, the fucking fifth element. So it it really looks like her on the cover. So it's got this um, really skinny looking, pale, white, gothic looking chick with uh, pink hair, the dark eye makeup, bright pink lips, and her eyes are, I can't tell if her eyes are closed or if they're open and just solid white, but Either way, that's what she looks like. Real skinny, long neck, a really skinny body, and around her chest, she's wearing just like a wrap, like like a bandage wrap, like around around her tits and shit. Looks like drawn on top of the bandages is a heart. And lustrous Belgian farmhouse ale is written across her belly. And to me, it kind of looks like it'd be a tattoo. That's kind of like what, what I'm getting out of this. And then, uh, oh, by the way, this chick does have like a short, up to the neck, straight hair with the bangs and uh, her hair colors, kind of strawberry looking. In the background, it's pink with a bunch of, looks like brown, just polka dots all over the place. So that's pretty much it. But the reason I got this is I, all I thought about was the fifth element. And I was like, I got to get that bottle because it looks fucking cool. But mine does have a little scrape on it. So there's a little piece missing, whatever. That's fucking cool. I'll put it to my collection of gigantic bottles that I have here at home. All right, so let's get into the actual beer. All right, so the look of Lustrous Belgian Farmhouse Ale, it's a semi-hazy golden yellow color. And on my initial pour, there was about a three-fourths of an inch white uh, bubbly head on there. And uh, the lacing looks pretty good. Like, it's going to... Stick around here on this one while I drink it. All right, before I get into the aroma, I just want to say that this beer was brewed with uh, an addition of orange peel. 
Let's see what the aroma is all about. All right, there it is. I am picking up the orange peel in this beer on my nose. It's a combination of the orange peel and, of course, the uh, the pith of the uh, skin, you know, the white part. Getting a lot of that in, in the aroma. I'm also picking up some, let's see, hints of, uh, like, honey. There's um, There's some floral going on there. Of course, your typical Saison farmhouse funk. A little yeasty, like bread. One cool element that I'm picking up in the aroma is I'm picking up some lemon meringue pie. And right on the end there, the little, like after you're breathing out, I'm picking up some white pepper. So this has got a really complex aroma and I'm really digging the shit out of it. But it does also go back to that orange peel pith kind of lingering in the nose at the end there too as well. All right, going in for my first taste here. Oh yeah, barnyard funk. Horse blanket, you know, that typical Saison farmhouse thing going on there. It, orange peel in the pith, again, is very strong, in even in the taste. And the floral's still there. And I'm getting a little bit of that light lemon meringue pie. Not as strong as it was in the nose, but it's still there. And, of course, the white pepper is still making its presence. And the white pepper uh, taste and, and aroma, I guess it kind of goes into the whole, you know, farmhouse type thing, because... That kind of farmhouse funk also kind of reminds me a lot of a white pepper, which is probably a better way of saying it than horse blanket. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's funny. I've heard I heard a, another podcast talk about how using horse blanket or barnyard or anything that resembles animals like that, like that's not very appealing to a lot of people. I want to stay away from that. But, you know, of course, it's hard to when you're really describing these types of beers, especially because that's one of the major players when you have a Saison or farmhouse ale. But, you know, I kind of, it kind of reminds me of, like I said, like white pepper. So there you go. This one definitely has a very strong alcohol uh, burn to it. So the alcohol presence is very strong in this one, which this one is at 8%. Not, not crazy high, but still up there. Let's see the aftertaste. For me, it's a combination of that uh, white pepper barnyard and the orange peel and pith. All right, so the uh, body on this one, slightly heavy, definitely a little thick. Now, one thing that was a little distracting for me was that it had very, very high carbonation. And it made the beer very acidic, very astringent. It was very fizzy. Um, the finish was also the same thing. It was a, like acidic and astringent. It kind of numbs the tongue a little bit and tingles the throat. So, I mean, like it's definitely on the fizzier side. All right, so my overall rating on this beer is a four out of five. I wish I could have given it a little bit higher, but of course that high carbonation, that high fizziness just kind of, it kind of just distracted a little bit from the overall taste of the beer, but wasn't too bad. So, I mean, hey, it's still a great score. All right. So gigantic way to go. Fucking lustrous. Lilu Dallas multi-pass. Let's listen to some metal. My last metal connection was a fucking classic. So I'm keeping that theme going with the pairing for Gigantic's Lustrous Saison. Sure, I found a shitload of fucking songs with the word lust in the title, or songs about lust. But what about a song about... Sodomy!
That's right, sodomy and lust. The classic song by the German thrash metal monsters known as Sodom. Venom, the previous metal connection, is listed as an influence to Sodom, by the way. Now, Sodom began in 1981, and they never fucking took a break, and still active to this day. Sodom was formed by the main songwriter, Tom Angel Ripper. As with most bands, there has pretty much been a revolving door, bringing in all kinds of different members into the band, but the most legendary lineup consisted of Tom Angel Ripper on bass and vocals, Frankie Blackfire on guitar, and Chris Witchhunter on drums. This lineup recorded the Metal Connection song. So not only were they on this uh, this song, they recorded the full-length albums Persecution Mania and Agent Orange. Frankie Blackfire would leave the band in 1989, only to recently return to the band in 2018. Chris Witchhunter would actually be let go of the band due to having a really bad alcohol problem. Now the sad thing is he would pass away from liver failure in 2008. Pretty sad. Now, as he was a friend of the band, Angel Ripper organized a tribute show featuring many bands, including Sodom. So that was a pretty cool gesture on the members of Sodom to do that for uh, for the late Chris Witchhunter. So far, Sodom has released 15 full-length albums in their career. That's a lot of fucking. That's a lot of fucking songs. <laughs> Our metal connection song, Sodomy and Lust, actually comes from an EP, Experse of Sodomy which was a three-song, 12-inch record that came out in 1987 on Steamhammer Records. Sodomy and Lust has become one of the legendary songs of the extreme metal genre. The 1987 full-length album, Persecution Mania, would see some re-releases throughout time on different formats, and these would actually feature the three songs from the Experse of Sodomy EP as bonus tracks. Now, I remember a, uh, a local band that I used to book here named Hexlust, and they would play this song during their live sets. Shout out to the boys from that band. Their guitarist JT has become one of my very, very good friends as he is a uh, beer tender over at my uh, craft beer watering hole, Big Hops on Shanefield, which I frequent a lot. So anyway, enjoy some sodomy and lust. Okay, we have reached the halfway point of the show, so let's get some more info about Goat Throne Records. All right, Aaron, so do you have a certain criteria that you look for when you're uh, picking up bands to sign to uh, to your label? I have to like the music. Plain and simple, huh? I'm pretty much. I, I don't want to necessarily go by style. Makes I sense. Don't, I don't want to be pigeonholed into the, you're a satanic fucking black metal, you know, whatever. I got you, man. Now, besides your own releases, do you also have a distro of other material? 
I'm getting more into the distro stuff and trading stuff. Uh, it hasn't been a whole lot, but I'm, I'm branching out pretty quick. Again, dude, thank you. As you provided me the music to be played on this episode. Now, we already heard songs from the self-titled release from Infuriate. Now, in a bit, I will be playing songs by the Italian death metal band Valgrind. One thing I noticed about these two releases is that they were originally released through Everlasting Spew Records from Italy. Now, how did you get connected to be, you know, another label to put out these uh, two releases? I think it, it spawns through Sterling, uh, Infuriate drummer. And so he asked Giorgio and Tito, the owners of Everlasting Spew, you know, hey, do you guys plan on doing a tape release? So like, no, there's no market over here. So like, well, fuck, there's a market over here. Is it cool? And they agreed. And so after that, they contacted me with uh, the Valgrind tape. So it just kind of rolled downhill. Valgrind's album is called Blackest Horizon, and it's actually the band's third full-length album. They have been around since 1996, it seems. Now, this album is actually my first encounter with this band, though. And I got to say, I was blown away by their fucking sound. The standout song for me is Third and Last. What about you, Aaron? Actually, I don't remember the names, to be honest, but the first fucking track where they... They just lead into it. It's got that old pestilence kind of sound. Oh yeah, yeah. It, the it opening track ripping. Yeah, yeah man. The opening track's fucking killer on that one, dude. I really, I really enjoy that one too as well. Dude, their vocalist. Now I'm probably gonna butcher his name, but I want to say Massimiliano Elia. That looks right. Now he has a very unique vocal approach. Very old school. Reminds me of John Tardy of Obituary mixed with Martin Van Drunen. You know, who, of course, is famous for being in Pestilence, along with Asphyx and Halo Bullets. It does, man. And that's that's the vibe I get. It's like obituary vocals mixed with old Pestilence. Musically. Yeah, musically and vocally. Everything about but that. But you know, band. the good thing about them is, like, they're technical, but they're not too technical. That's kind of important for me. I don't know. Yeah, well. No, like, I don't want to hear, like, a, a thousand notes, like, a second. And I get it, dude. I mean, you know, and to be honest with you, I mean, there's labels out there for tech death and brutal death. And like, I, I know you kind of just, if you like it, you'll put it out. But in my opinion, a label like Goat Throne, I wouldn't see like a really technical death metal band released on that label versus more of that underground raw sound. You know what I mean? hundred percent. Cool. Since I'm new to this which, band. Uh, oh, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say which my future releases show that clearly just raw fucking kind of going back to old school just like pumped up a notch oh yeah good shit yeah i'm moving more towards the old school i mean i've always been dude i, I mean i've been into the metal scene forever and like I, i've seen the genres come and go i've seen the little sub genres come and go and i just kind of stick with the old school a little bit more i mean i do have a technical death metal side a black metal side a grindcore side a you know whatever but i mean you know, yeah but i mean you you look at my uh mp3 player in my car and it's pretty much all old school shit <laughs> you can't break away from the base that's the base oh yeah true okay so let's play this killer track third and last and you can hear exactly what we have been talking about
Okay, it's third beer time for this episode. Lakewood Brewing Company from Dallas, Texas. I had the pleasure of visiting this brewery a few years ago. Really cool spot. Really big building, but it looked more like a call center than it did a brewery. If you ever visit there, you'll see what I mean, just the way the outside of the building look. But pretty cool spot nonetheless. This beer I am going to drink is called Grand Allowance, a 12.8% Chardonnay barrel aged wheat wine. I really like the story behind this beer. Now, this is from the official beer page on Untapped. Grand Allowance, the ninth release in our limited legendary series, marks the second in a mini-series of three unique wood-aged beers, inspired by the deities known as the Three Fates. The Morai sisters determined the lives and destinies of all, controlling the fates of both gods and mortals alike. The second sister, Lachesis, measured the thread of life, deciding the number of days you had on earth. Thus, we present a sumptuous wheat wine for the second in line, aged in Chardonnay barrels for a soft, full-bodied beer brimming with vitality. Yep, that sounds right up my fucking alley. All right, let's get right into this beer. All right, so this one is presented in a 22-ounce bomber bottle. What I like about this is it's printed onto the bottle, so I've always liked the way that looks. It really makes the artwork pop out on there. And this one's very artsy. So when you look at it from the front, it just has this really nice border art around there. Uh, on the top of the border, there's a, uh, you know, the Sands of Time thing. Uh, looks like a, a wheel, like spokes, hops, and the barley and all that in there, intertwined in there. And same thing on the bottom. On the bottom, there's the large, a large hop cone and two clocks and just a really really fancy little design and the borders is beautiful uh limited release number nine written on the top grand allowance in a nice gold three-dimensional looking font chardonnay barrel aged wheat wine in white and in red lakewood brewing logo now onto the left side and right side of that little part that i described is the same exact piece of art which features a drawn woman within a border and on the bottom of it, it's, it's a clock, and the sands of time are on the side of the border. She is, looks like she's, uh, within her hands, looks like she has, I mean, to me, it looks like rope or some kind of string or something, or honestly, some type of tape measure. I, I, it's really hard to tell, <laughs> but, um, or ribbon or something, but pretty nice, really nice, uh, really nice artwork. On the neck of the bottle, it says the Legendary Series on there. And it does have that story I read on the back of the bottle. So very fucking cool. All right. The look of this beer does have a reddish brown color. Kind of looks like a tea, like hot tea or iced tea, you know, and it's uh, semi cloudy, not completely see through, but mostly clear. And on the initial pour, there's about a half inch khaki colored foamy head. Does look like it's kind of fizzing away though. Makes it look just more like a wine than it does beer. All right, let's get to the aroma. Definitely picking up what seems like the Chardonnay. There is like some soaked wood caramel, some sweet sugar, kind of like syrup, like thick syrup. Uh, you can get the wheat. Picking up what seems like dark fruits, kind of like figs. And towards the end there, I'm getting something that kind of reminds me of uh, like citrus, kind of like like orange uh, peel and the pith. And this one definitely has a nice burn in the nose. I mean, this one is boozy as fuck. All right, cheers, motherfuckers. 
Ooh, right up front, I am getting those dark fruits. That fig flavor is really strong, followed by a little bit of the caramel, getting a lot of that wood. Again, sweet sugar, like syrup. The wheat does make an appearance in there. And at the end there, as I'm breathing out, I'm getting a lot of that Chardonnay taste. And again, completely fucking boozy, really strong in the burn sensation. Uh, So yeah, so with the aftertaste, like I said, it's a little bit of that Chardonnay mixed with the wood and some caramel. That's completely what I get in the aftertaste of this beer. So Grand Allowance does have a very heavy body with the mouthfeel that is very smooth, thick, and syrupy. And pretty much same thing for the finish on this one. It's very thick and very syrupy as well. So it leaves that kind of mouth coating feeling after you're done taking each drink. All right, so my overall score of Grand Allowance by Lakewood Brewing Company, I'm going to go ahead and give this a 4.25. Very, very solid beer. I'm really highly enjoying this. So far, I can tell you that Lakewood Brewing Company really hasn't made a bad beer. Looking through my untapped right now, I can tell that I've always enjoyed stuff from these guys. All with high scores, a couple of fives here and there. Says that I've had 25 different beers from them over time. But fuck it. All right, badass. Now, I am a fan of mostly all things metal with all the millions of subgenres out there. I love Doom. I love heavy metal. So this brings me to this beer's metal connection. Hour of 13. This is a band originally from North Carolina and now resides in San Francisco, California. Their career began back in 2003. Now, to be honest with you, Hour of 13 is really just the brainchild of musician Chad Davis, who handles guitar, bass, and drums so far on all the band's uh, releases to date. This includes three full-length albums and two EPs. On all of these releases, alongside Chad Davis, was vocalist Phil Swanson. This dude has a weird history with this band. He joined Hour of 13 in 2006 and left in early 2009 only to return later that year. He then left again in 2011, but then again, later that same year, he rejoined the band only to leave again in 2013. He has not been back in the band since then, though. The newest release called A Nell Within the Crypt, which was an EP released earlier in March of 2019, is pretty much Chad Davis handling all instruments and vocals. Okay, so now that that's out of the way, let's talk about the song here. This metal connection is called Allowance of Sin, and I believe it's a great song to pair with Grand Allowance. This song comes to us from their debut full-length album released in 2007 on Shadow Kingdom Records. Their lyrics of Satanism and evil delivered by Phil Swanson's vocal approach really gave this band a fucking eerie evil vibe. Like, this is something you would hear in a dingy old house where a ritual is being performed or something, you know? Fall asleep while this album is playing and the haunting voice of Swanson and the fuzzy old school 60s to 70s sound with the guitar will sure give you some very fucking interesting dreams. I mean, just check out these lyrics to the song. 
So let the ritual commence. The ceremony begins. Sacrament to seven of seven sins. Bearer of light, empower thee with pride. Unbroken by the wheel at Lucifer's side. All right, motherfuckers, this is Allowance of Sin. Here's another song by Valgrind. This one is called Sunken Temple of Initiated. Glory. 
Okay, Aaron, before I get into the last beer of this episode, let's take some time to talk about your everyday job. I understand that you manage a store out there that is very well known to carry a wide variety of independent craft beer. Do you find yourself drinking all kinds of beer now? Yes. Um, actually, I've cut back a little bit, but when I first got on, I was spending way too much money on barrel-aged stouts and all kinds of shit. And it was a season for all the new releases. Uh, yeah, it gets expensive, man. <laughs> but it's very gratifying. Yeah, it's a very expensive hobby. Trust me, I know. Good stuff. Good stuff. Hell yeah, dude. I look forward to Wednesdays. What's Wednesday? That's the right. new that's the new new uh, beer release day, right? Or when you'll get your new shipments? It's just beer deliveries. And you never know if stuff's gonna pop up. Since we run a one of the bigger stores, we get more of the releases than like, you know, little small stores or whatever. Of course. It's fucking great. So hey, do you visit any of the millions of breweries that are in the greater Houston area out there? Uh dude, actually I live probably a five minute walk from Southern Star. So I frequent that a lot, which is good, walking distance. So, and Copperhead is like five minutes from me. Uh, B-52, you know, this Conroe area is pretty cool. Um, I haven't been too much in Houston. Uh, St. Arnold's, of course, fucking Eighth Wonder, Brash, Ingenuous. But th- there's a lot more. Which is your uh, favorite brewery? Uh, I might have to say the Southern Star at the moment. Very nice. They're cool to me. Yeah, and apparently there's some metalheads there, even though they don't really look like metalheads on their beer labels. <laughs> yeah, dude, they put on like a metal show, and it was like, well, you know that, know. you know the dude uh, from Copperhead. He's a great guitarist, and he's a uh, he's also a true fucking metalhead too, man. I love that dude over there. I did not know that. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, what's his name? Seth, um, the the brewer owner kid. He's yeah, dude. I follow him on Facebook, and he's always doing little guitar videos and stuff. He's a shredder, man. That's cool, man. Cause I thought about getting into the industry. I, I left a job after 20 years, a retail job after 20 years. I was like, man, should I just go into this? Just fucking jump into one of these breweries and just fucking build up? I opted not to, but you should, I, I still kind of work in around. You do. The vicinity. I, I consider what you do working in the industry because you know, you know certain things that other people won't know. <laughs> oh, 100%. Do you have a favorite style of beer? IPA. IPA. Cool. Now, right now at this current time, what is your favorite beer that you've been drinking lately? Uh, you know what? Recently, it's been BFD, Sierra Nevada. BFD. I don't know why, dude. It's just fucking tall boy. It's super cheap. It's just fucking refreshing as shit. What is that? A pale ale? Which one's that one? What's it called? BFD. Beer for drinking is what it stands for. BFD. That's, yeah, that's interesting. I know I've seen some tall boys. You said Sierra Nevada, right? Yeah, that is e- easy drinking. It's like, all right, I gotta get up early in the work, early for work. Fucking slam a couple of those, you're good. Nope, beer for hot. drinking. Uh, I see it on my Untapped, and I have not had it yet, sir. So I'm gonna have to, uh, I'm gonna have to get one of those uh, now. <laughs> Dude, for the price, man, can't beat it. Cool. Yeah, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to scope that out.
Fuck Yeah. That was the title track to Valgrind's third studio full length, The Blackest Horizon. Great fucking song. Okay, well, here we go. Last beer of the episode. Cucurbitophobia. Yeah, that is a very fucking hard word to say. Cucurbitophobia. A sour ale by Jolly Pumpkin Artisan Ales from Michigan in collaboration with Monkish Brewing Company from California. This is the third beer that they've actually collaborated on. Jolly Pumpkin has a nice list of breweries that they've actually collaborated with. Pretty cool, pretty cool shit that they do. So, of course, Monkish is right now one of the leading breweries in the whole fucking haze craze. Blah. Anyway, this beer, as I said, is a sour ale that was brewed with black lava salt, rainbow peppercorns, blood orange zest, and blood orange juice. According to their website, this beer was last released in July of 2016. And yep, that sounds about right. You know, me hoarding beers all the time here at home. Oh well. So, cucurbitophobia means the fear of pumpkins. Which, of course, today is when I just found out that this even exists. There are some very fucking strange phobias out there. And the names of these are even fucking stranger. Fucking crazy in my mind. I have been a fan of Jolly Pumpkin Artisan Ales for quite some time due to their amazing fucking beer labels. I was very happy when they started to get distributed here to San Antonio. I remember having a few of their beers back when they were just being traded for. So anyway, some of their labels look like they could be on metal album covers or a cover to a good horror thriller or maybe a mystery book or something, you know? So speaking of which, let's get into the label art for this beer. First of all, this does come in a 750 milliliter bottle. All right, the label art. So this has got like this um, skeleton dude sitting in a chair. He's got a, looks like a trench coat on and a very tall top hat. And he's actually holding on to a pumpkin. And it's the, the pumpkin in the Jolly Pumpkin logo. But he's holding it in his hands, like resting against his chest. And he's just like staring at it. So I'm sure he's like just facing his fears of the uh, pumpkin. <laughs> And of course, all the words of Jolly Pumpkin, Art as Nails, collaboration with Monkish, 6.1% alcohol, and, you know, a little ribbon with the ingredients of the beer, and then the name written down the side, and all within like this really cool little font. Very nice. I really like it. On the uh, back label, I really like what it says. All heed the wrath of the discombobulated gourd. Henry and Ron met in the Brewerverse equivalent of Snapchat, and someone swiped left when they should have swiped right, bonding over a mutual respect for bottle conditioning and old-school hip-hop. They now live quiet lives, occasionally traveling for tacos in a custom Winnebago, canning crowlers of IPA, and brewing with folks they meet along the way, and having adventures and shit just like in Kung Fu. Then it says version 2.0, fear of a pumpkin planet coming soon to an earth near you. Very fucking funny. These guys have a great sense of humor. All right, well, let's get into this beer. All right, so the appearance of Cucurbitophobia, it's a very clear, clear as fuck bright golden yellow color about a 
half-inch white foamy head. Fizzled away pretty quickly, though. Nice-looking beer. All right, let's get down to the aroma. Right away, salty orange zest completely. And in the nose, you don't really get a lot of the sourness, at least I didn't. And there is a, there is a slight spicy burn sensation, I guess, from the peppercorns. So really nice, but that's really all I'm really picking up in the aroma. Even when I breathe out, I mean, it's pretty much just like a slice of uh, blood orange with salt on it. And then, of course, ending with that little spiciness that you get, as I was saying. All right, well, cheers, motherfuckers. Oh, sour taste hits first, though, unlike the aroma. Combined with the salt, it's not quite a goza, but, you know, it's got that characteristics of one. The peppercorns appear definitely, again, with that spiciness in the throat. Really, really digging that. Straight up fucking oranges, blood orange. You get the zest, the skin, you know, with a little bit of the pith on there. And then you get, like, the taste from the blood orange juice as well. The aftertaste is just all fucking blood orange. In a weird way, it kind of reminds me of a mimosa. I mean, you get that fizziness, you get that all that orange juice flavor. And then I guess with the sourness, it kind of gives it that champagne-like thing going on there. So yeah, it's kind of like drinking a mimosa in a way. It just doesn't look like one. The body of this beer, it's, it's really light. And it's got a pretty effervescent mouthfeel on this one. Totally fizzy, bubbly sparkling. It's got a really dry finish, kind of like when you bite into a lemon or some some kind of a citrus fruit to where it really dries out your mouth. You even feel it on your teeth, you know? So that's what I'm getting with this one. Very excellent beer. I'm really highly enjoying this one. As, as I pretty much do anything from Jolly Pumpkin, to me, I like their sours. I like the program, what they're doing. Their beers are all fantastic. Really haven't had a bad one yet, at least in my experience. All right, well, let's see what I fucking pair with Q-Cure-Bit-Phobia, Fear of Pumpkins. All right, so there's not too many songs out there that are about pumpkins. So I like the fact that the beer name, which I will not attempt to say again, by the way, which means, of course, like I said, the phobia of pumpkins. So for this metal connection, I went with the pairing using the word phobia. I found this killer fucking tune by the Finnish band Torture Killer. Now, most of you out there might remember this band for one reason. In 2006, the band released their second full-length album called Swarm, and it was on Metal Blade Records, most likely because of the vocalist they used on this one album. And I am talking about the famed death metal grunter Chris Barnes of the band Six Feet Under, and mostly known for being the original vocalist for Cannibal Corpse. So Torture Killer actually began as a Six Feet Under cover band before they recorded their debut full-length album, For Maggots to Devour, released in 2003. Their band name even comes from a Six Feet Under song by the same name, which was featured on their Maximum Violence album from 1999. Chris Barnes was only involved in the recording of the one album, Swarm, with uh, Torture Killer. Now, I'm not going to lie here. I was, and I say was, a huge Chris Barnes fan. From all the releases he did with Cannibal Corpse and even the very first Six Feet Under album, Haunted, from 1995. After that, the dude has seriously lost his voice and just needs to fucking give up already. He sounds so fucking horrible. The reason I bring this up is because the Torture Killer album that he was on, the, the man sounded just fucking gross. 
And I don't even mean that in a good death metal way. He actually ruined Torture Killer for me. I was happy to see that he did not continue with them. The song I chose for this metal connection is simply just called Phobia. Luckily, it's not a track with Chris Barnes on it. This is actually the title track to the band's fourth full-length album that was released in 2013 on Dynamic Arts Records. This song is short, it's simple, and just fucking awesome. The vocalist they're using now, I want to say his name is, it's, I don't even know how you pronounce it, but it's P-E-S-S-I. Pessy? Anyway, Pessy Holtzenen has an amazing fucking voice, which fits the music perfectly. Musically, I can hear a little bit of like new creator, some Vader, and even maybe some Blood Red Throne influences in there. It's just simply fucking amazing. Check it out. Right, Aaron, I'm going to end this interview now. So here's something I like to ask fellow metalheads who are into craft beer. Unfortunately, hipsters have plagued our fucking world and have become the poster child for craft beer. With that being said, there are tons of metalheads who refuse to get into craft beer because they call it pansy or not metal, or they look down on it as it's a bad thing, mostly because of the fucking hipsters. And, you know, it's that whole elitist attitude, in my opinion. Do you feel that maybe they should just shut the fuck up and just try a craft beer every now and then? 100%. 100%. But don't go for the juicy hazies. Go for a fucking barrel-aged stout first. Just fucking taste it. Yeah, dude. I tell them all the time, dude. I mean, I, I, mean, I get it. You know, I mean, there's beers with fruits and flowers and other adjuncts that, yeah, they're like, oh, I don't want that shit in my beer. But I mean... Craft beer breweries are making Blondales, Pilsners, Box, Lagers, you know, the regular stuff, man. I mean, they can give those a try. You know what I mean? That's like early 20s mentality. Yeah. Yeah. They they haven't grown out of that, man. I I mean. 30 pack for 12 bucks? Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's exactly their point, dude. They're just Lone Star drinkers and whiskey shot drinkers. And I'm like over here with my barrel-aged beer or like my triple IPA while I'm watching a metal show. And I'm like, yeah, you go ahead and enjoy that piss water while I'm in. Gonna get drunk real quick off this one beer, <laughs> yeah, man. But it, it all averages out. I mean, it, you pay the thirty bucks for the thirty pack, or twenty bucks for the thirty pack. Like dollar wise, it equals out alcohol content. And then that brings me to like Southern Star got rid of their fucking uh, Pine Belt, which they fucking started with. Yep, they have they have gotten rid of Pine Belt. I have heard that from their rep Dude, here in San Antonio. I was, I was hooked on that shit. It's just <laughs> like you fucking crave the hops during the day, you know what I mean? 
But yeah, dude, one thing I want to do is I'd love to try this. I'd love to do like a blind tasting with mainstream beers and then craft beers and oh my sit God. and sit down, Perfect. sit down these fucking like diehard metalheads that are like, no, I'm not going to drink it. And then I bet you, I, I can almost fucking guarantee you in a blind taste, they'll fucking choose the uh, craft beer. What? Like give me my fucking Budweiser. Uh, yeah. Like a Bud Budweiser, Light. Light, uh, like a Budweiser, uh, Bud Light, Coors Light, you know, whatever, Lone Star, and then get like a, a craft beer Pilsner, a craft beer Ale, a craft beer, you know, whatever, and then compare the two. And I bet you they'll pick the one with the better flavor, which would be probably the craft beer one, you know? 100% of the time, for sure. All right, dude. Well, thank you so much for doing this interview. I hope my listeners show some support for you and get these releases or anything else that you are putting out. You've got a great thing going over there with Goat Throne Records, man. Anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, man. So, uh, Absconder, have you heard of them? I have heard of Absconder, dude. I like those guys. Yeah, man. So their um, their new demo, it, I'm putting that on a CD with their last demo, fucking uh, Cursed Astrosities. Dude, I got the artwork today. It's fucking sick. Nice. It's going to be great. So Head Split is doing the the tape. I'm doing the CD. And that's the, that's the thing, man, with with the label thing that I'm noticing because I'm going into this kind of blind, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, I want to contribute, help bands out, get out there. Like some people have like lockdowns and shit. It's like, man, that's cool. I'm not trying to be like fucking political fucking whatever. But anyways, uh, so that's coming out. Uh, Wolf school, David Herrera imprecations band. I'm doing their new tape. Very nice which is satanic black punk and baptized by fire. You heard of them? Uh, I just saw them play recently. I'm, I'm doing their new shit on tape. Yeah. Jim, Jim's an old, uh, really old friend of mine, dude. God damn that motherfucker. Big dude. Yeah, <laughs> love that guy. And I have a cool ass fucking, uh, three-way split with Sterling's grind band, laughing line, JD from fucking severance Dagra. So his little side thing, I think it's him doing all instruments and a singer, uh, Total Human Genocide, Division 218, Black Grindish type shit. Really cool. And his other stuff, uh, Poser Hate. So that's going to be the three-way split coming up. It's going to be fucking awesome. The artwork is going to be crazy. Like a dude sitting there watching the TV. He's supposed to be a poser, right? Okay. Poser Hate. And he... He's sitting there, clockwork orange style, fucking eyes pried open. The half of his house is blown off, and there's like Armageddon going on in the background, and fucking uh, Seinfeld posters and shit on the wall. It's gonna be trippy. Very nice, dude. That's gonna that's gonna be cool. Good. I believe so. So you're gonna be a busy guy for the next uh, this year, huh? Yeah, it's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what jobs are for. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. <laughs> But it's all good. And the missus is behind me, so I'm, I'm good. Good position right now. All right, everybody. Today is actually now Thursday, April 25th. This episode was recorded a long time ago. It just took me a long time to get it edited and put together. I mean, my last, my last actual post, see... I released my last episode, I think it was back on like March 8th or something like that. So it's been, a, it's been quite some time since I've put out an episode. And um, I just want to really apologize for that. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not giving up. Just, I had a lot of shit happen to me over the past few months. Not to get too personal here, but, you know, just to let you guys know, there are some major changes in my life. 
Obviously, you know, one of them is very apparent when you listen to old episodes. I am no longer with the Craft Bruja anymore. We ended our relationship, so that was pretty hard on me. Then, uh, you know, not too long ago, I get a phone call from her because uh, she took the cats that we had and I kept the dogs. We had this one cat named Lucy, or we called her Lucifer. We had her pretty much the whole time we were together, almost 13 years. And uh, I got a phone call from her saying that Lucy was dying and we knew she was sick. But the day I went over, looked at the cat, she wasn't doing well. So we had to take her to the vet. And of course we had to put her down. So then that was really hard on me. I, I just wasn't feeling creative at all. Then not too long after that, my grandfather passes away and he was also sick, but you know, we weren't expecting him to, to go when he did, but unfortunately, yes, my grandfather then passes away. So then I had to deal with that heartache too as well. And my mind was just fucking blown. Like I couldn't believe all the bullshit that I was going through. It was driving me crazy. And the podcast was the last thing I was thinking about. You know, when I did drink beer, I wasn't drinking beer for the fun of it anymore. I was getting drunk and trying to just um, cope with my own problems, come home, pass out and, you know, not care about anything, man. It's been it's been rough, but I'm trying to look positive because one positive thing happened. And that's the fact that I got a new job within the craft beer industry. I am now the San Antonio sales rep for a brewery from Pearland, Texas, and they're known as Backfish Brewing Company. And these guys make some amazing beers. I've been a fan of them, you know, since I tried their beers for the first time, and I'm very happy to be part of the part of the family. And if you want to look it up, it is Backfish Brewing Company, and it's B A K F I S H Backfish Brewing Company. Check it out. So hopefully, this is uh, my job to stay. I love working in this industry, so that's the one positive thing that's happened. And um, you know, let's see where it goes from here. Well, anyway. I just kind of wanted to let y'all guys know all the bullshit. So if you see any posts or anything weird from me over the past couple of months or whatever, yeah, I've just been down in the dumps. So, but here I am, Beer Metal Show podcast. Episode number 22 is finally completed. I'm finally done. So happy with that. Okay, so now, now that I got that out of the way, let me give a big, huge thanks and shout out to, of course, Aaron from Goat Throne Records for providing me the music from Infuriate and Valgrind awesome fucking releases check them out also check out goat throne records support anything that they release because everything that they put out is fucking awesome again thanks to peter of the band blood soaked for writing and playing my theme song for the beer metal show podcast chernobyl studios as well for mixing and mastering the track and the hugest shout out is to all of you listeners out there thank you very much for tuning in checking out my show listening to me drink good craft beer putting up with the metal that I play on the show. And for this episode, thank you for listening to me unwind and tell y'all about my personal life. Oh shit, I almost forgot to mention this. I'm actually going to end this show. Uh, It's going to fade out with uh, one last song from Valgrind. This song is called Sacrificial Journey. Tune in, listen to the rest of the song. It's a great fucking tune. All right, until the next round. Horns up, pints up. Cheers. Cheers.